When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh yes, let's go hour number two on a Monday. I do appreciate the people keeping me honest. Chad and Zay on a Monday. I'm Chad Hastings. Isaiah Collier is here. Isaiah did not mess up the weather thing. I might have been peaking at Saturday and being glad that it was mostly sunny in uh, mid-60s. Friday, Longhorns Baylor, yeah, that is high of 59. And I am seeing occasional rain showers in the morning. Uh, Chance of rain 50% early. Chance of rain 40% later on at night. So... Yeah, that's going to be uh, a bring the rain gear and high 50s. Yeah. My bad. That's my bad. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I was, I I'm just trained to look at Saturdays, and I messed it up. That's yeah, my bad. I don't like that for the fans mm. as far as yeah. football goes. Hopefully that will give the Sarkeesian motivation to run the football just like you did in Lawrence. Yeah, different kind of sloppy. Like this past Saturday was just like – just kind of those abrasive winds and cold and nasty, but you didn't have the precipitation. This one's not going to be near as cold, but you may end up with some of that precipitation to deal with. And I would say, yeah, just go ahead and keep handing Bijan the ball. We've talked about that 55 14. Uh, of course, uh, Cowboys win as well and win big as well 40 to 3. Maybe not as effective running the ball, but they did carry it 40 times. Longhorns put 57 carries on the board if I am reading that stat sheet correct. All right, let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline. He was over at the press conference today where it certainly was a good mood and why not after the double nickel put up on Kansas. It's Joe Cook, Inside Texas on 3.com. Joe, how's it going? Doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for the time as always. Uh, heard, uh, you know, we were listening to it on this end. Heard laughing, sound like a lot of smiling going on, good vibes, and it kind of made sense after what we saw Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know how you could be mad after a 55-14 win on the road in this conference, especially considering the year uh, that this team has had on the road and this program's had on the road. But, you know, good good spirits. It's a holiday week, and uh, everybody's kind of looking forward to seeing what Texas can do on Friday and if they can put some pressure uh, that hasn't been seen in a while on that Sunflower Showdown between Kansas and Kansas State. <laughs> Joe, how is this weekend different? Because it's a short week, so that means this coaching staff is Steve Sarkeesian. they got to kind of push some things up. How, how, how is this different from normal weeks? Yeah, you know, we didn't really get a uh, – I'm trying to think back to Steve Sarkeesian's press conference after the game on, on Saturday and if he ever hinted at anything. I, I think they had – you know, by, by doing a 12 p.m., I think that shows that they had practice, uh, but it was probably pretty light. So I, I think, honestly, um, you know, I, I don't know the exact answer. If I were running things, you know, I would probably 
take it a little bit easier on uh, on one of these practice days, uh, considering you know it is a short week. Um, I think their off day was yesterday, but I'm not exactly sure. But you know, this team's gone through what uh, 11 weeks or however many weeks it's been since August 3rd, with one week of break. Uh, it's a holiday week, and so I, you know, I don't think you ease the ease the reins at all, but I think you maybe uh, shorten the race a little bit as far as practice goes ahead of facing a Baylor team that really likes to run the football. Yeah, and Joe, that kind of brings me to my big question of the week, which is do you trust this defense? When they left Stillwater, there was evidence that maybe you couldn't. They did blow that lead. They were part of blowing that lead. But then they go to Manhattan. They made plays when they needed to. They lose to TCU, but it certainly was not the defense's fault. And then we know what happens in Lawrence. So for you today, you cover them for your job. You root for them as a fan. Can you trust this defense against Baylor? I think so. Um, teams that try to run the football against Texas, you know, aside from Kendra Miller's long run and, uh, you know, the, um, uh, Jace McClellan long run against Alabama, teams just have not had success running the football. Now, with that Oklahoma State game you're talking about, that defense is on the field for 99 or 100 plays. And that Texas Tech game, they're on the field for 100 plays in overtime and in the September heat. So there's some extenuating circumstances there. But uh, I think elsewhere, you know, you can really trust this defense, and especially against the run. Um, that's the, the basis of Jeff Grimes' offensive system is that outside run, and uh, Texas has done a good job of, of fitting those of late and making sure that they don't go very far. And you know, I, I bet this is a game that the, the Longhorns really try to put pressure on Blake Shapen, make him go and win that game. Uh, they haven't, you know, sometimes he's been able to step up and, and rise to the occasion. Other times it hasn't been his day. Uh, so uh, I think that's a game that they really try to make Blake Shapin do everything or do as much as he can to make them win, and especially when you consider the elements that are coming down. So I, I do think you can trust the defense, and while that has to do with the, the scheme and understanding it in a second year under Pete Kwiatkowski, a lot of that has to do with the players. You're getting an unbelievable play from your interior defensive lineman. You've got Baron Sorrell having a little bit of a breakout year, and then your linebackers are – probably uh, arguably two of the best in the conference. So I think you trust them. Uh, I think you go that route and, you know, try to play a, a grinded out game against the team in Baylor who uh, has to prove that they can do that against this type of defense. You know, Joe, with everything that could go down on Friday, it might be the last time we see number five take the field and the performance that he had at Kansas just really makes you miss the guy and miss what he could have been. I say could have been because last week he only got 12 rushing attempts for 29 yards. Do you think that Steve Sarkeesian didn't utilize him the way that he should have throughout the whole season while giving him a lot of these carries uh, against Kansas this past week? No, I, I think the, uh, the, the TCU game plan to – you know, I guess abandon the run against that style of defense. You know, even Steve Sarkeesian away in the offseason realized against that style of defense, he's just got to be patient. And moving away from the run and going to the pass, that, that was impatient. Um, so I think it's that has a little bit more to do with Steve Sarkeesian. Um, but as far as Bijan goes, I don't think there's any sense of oh, what could have been or anything like that. Like when you get a, you know, whatever it was, eight, 700, 800-yard year in 10 games, 
while splitting carries, and then you go ahead and get a thousand yard year in, in ten games as the lead back, and you have a, a, a you know a season like he's had so far. Of course, you you would wish that the the wins would come through more. I think any Texas fan would, uh, obviously, but I don't think you can. You know, I think that may be the only regret with regards to B. John Robinson is that he wasn't part of the team that won more games because the names he's put himself with, um, you know, you go look at that record book right now and he's right around uh, Jamal Charles. He won't reach Earl Campbell, but he's around Chris Gilbert, Vince Young. And, you know, he's that quality of player. He, he is not surrounded with a lot of superstars uh, like some of those other teams were that were competing and winning national championships, but he would not be any stranger uh, to those teams if he were on them. And um, I think this week you, you not only are extremely thankful for, for number five, but you know, you're also extremely thankful for number two as well, no matter what he can give you on Saturday with Roshan Johnson. Um, so, you know, I, I think, um, yeah, the question will obviously be asked, and it was asked with Steve Sarkeesian. It'll probably be asked with B. John Robinson when we get him here in a little while. I assume, you know, will this be your last game? And credit to both. They've uh, made sure to be very mum on that issue, and, you know, that's not where they're going uh, to talk about. But I think, uh, you know, Bijan, I would be shocked if pretty much everybody in Bijan's circle, both at Texas and in his family circle, aren't. Uh, already ready to start his professional career as he should. I don't think a decision's been made. Um, but you know, I think that if there is a decision, it's there's one that's plainly obvious, even though I'm sure Texas would love to have him back next year. Um, I think he should be, uh, looking out for his individual and looking out for himself and go ahead and uh, maybe get a longhorn in the first round for the first time in, in a good while. Joe, in terms of uh, how this season's going to end, I know a lot of people their early predictions somewhere in that you know oh nine and three, eight and four area. I know with the early injury stories, maybe people change their prediction a little bit. But I feel like now you know, we're right in the area some people thought we would be. How much different for you would eight and four feel than if they slip against Baylor and it comes out seven and five? Just how how much does Sark have to gain on Friday? Um, I think that's a, a big amount because if you, you look at the way it's constructed, I think a lot of people at the beginning of the year, you know, despite high hopes, uh, probably thought that the Bama game was going to be a loss. And it turned out to be a one-point loss, but a loss nonetheless. Um, so that gives you a 2-1 and one non-conference schedule. If you go 8-4, and four, then that means you go 6-3 and three in the Big 12. That means you win most of your Big 12 games. Um, and that's, you know, quality. Of course, you lost to... You, you lose to probably the, the you know the best team in the conference and then slip up a couple times, but then you beat a top fifteen team and you trounce your rival and you also trounce a, a, a team that's just you know up and down and you should out talent. So if you go six and three and win this game, then you're you're feeling like okay that's sustainable progress. You're winning some games you should. Uh, yeah, you have your slip ups, but that's year two stuff, and uh, you show a lot of progress with you know, in the offensive system with multiple quarterbacks, if you lose this game on, on Saturday, then you're five and four and you're seven and five overall. Of course, it's a winning season, but um, it's probably not the improvement that a lot of fans in, in the program and probably Steve Sarkeesian himself would have wanted to see. Uh, granted, it's still kind of in that ballpark of what you expected, but 
Um, eight and four does look a lot better when you're just looking at the numbers and in, in seven and five. You know, that's a, what, 66%, 67% winning two-thirds of your games. Uh, I know Texas fans aspire for more and rightfully should in the coming years, but that's still a good mark. And, uh, you know, again, that six and three mark in conference is the one that's important to show that you have uh, been able to, you know, fare better than a lot of the teams in your in your league. So this is, this is an important one. Uh, if you're going into that... You know, there's going to be an official visit weekend or a visit weekend sometime in December, right before signing day. If you're able to show these recruits, hey, we just went eight and four, and you know, we were one point, and all our losses were these, you know, extremely close one possession games. We're right there. That's a lot different than you know, hey, we were seven and five, but uh, all our losses were all these extremely close one possession games because uh, Texas, uh, you know, recruits have been seeing that for a good while from Texas, so. Um, this is this is an important one. Uh, you know, you, you hope that, like I, like I mentioned earlier, that the uh, Jayhawks can call can follow through for you. But even if they don't, eight and four does look a lot better than than seven and five in year two under Steve Sarkeesian. Joe, you know, you talked about being confident in this defense going into Baylor, and a reason why I'm also confident is guys like Jade Barron, who's been terrific, especially as of late. I think the Central Texas product's finally figuring it out, and he's definitely relied upon in this Pete Kwiatkowski defense. What have you seen of Jade Barron this season? I mean, not only is he versatile, uh, he, he plays that nickel position. He was uh Better hand, uh, a couple better hands away from having a pick six on one of the first plays of the game against Kansas. Uh, but he allows Texas to do a lot with their defense. He can go in and uh, just play corner, straight up cornerback, and um, allow Texas to get some other playmakers on the field. Uh, it's been J- uh, Jalen Gilbo before his injury, um, and when an opposing offense is going to go heavy set, uh, it allows Maurice Blackwell or even some other guys to get on the field. So he allows for versatility. Um, he knows where to be. Uh, that's that's an important aspect of, of that position. Uh, it's probably the most challenging on the defense because you are a defensive back that is likely stressed more than anybody else on the field in having to not only defend against wide receivers who these days are 5'11", 190, and running all over the place in space. Oh, yeah, and you also have to defend against the run game, and you know, here comes a you know, 6'3", 240-pound tight end trying to bear down on you and block it. You know, for a you know five foot ten, two hundred pound back, so that position is so challenging, and he's been able to do so well uh, throughout the course of this season. And so he's he's a key cog to that to that Texas defense. Um, he helps people get into the right spot. He he bridges a little bit between the linebackers and the safeties and other defensive backs about where to be and otherwise. And you know, he he delivers quality play himself. He's a good tackler. Uh, he's he's good at he's good at everything. Um, and, you know, if it weren't for, uh, I think, uh, you know, him wanting to get out of his national letterman tent with Baylor a few years ago, he's suiting up in green and gold this weekend. So that was a big switch uh, over the course of that, that offseason for Texas, and it's proven to be extremely valuable uh, for the Longhorn defense these past two years and this year especially. That's, another, that's a good point. Joe, before we let you go, the fans finally got me looking at the right day for the weather, and Friday does have uh, maybe a little sloppiness to it in, in the morning. Maybe it's rain in the 50s, maybe some wind blowing. So are you picking Texas to win this game against Baylor, and do you think they're going to do it the same way they beat Kansas? Yeah, I think uh, it's. A, I think Texas is the pick this week. I think what the opening line was around a touchdown, and 
I don't know how much it's changed since then, but I think Texas, you know, they, they tend to do all right with a good amount to play for. Uh, you know, it's, it's, this whole year has been wait and see on a week by week basis. And I think it's more the same for, for a lot of fans, but, um, I do pick Texas and I think that's, that's, that's the, uh, the strategy to do it is ride number five. If number two is, is limited in, in some sense. Well, you just got a great showing out of Jonathan Brooks to give you some confidence that he can do some of the similar things in that run game that the first two guys can as well. Um, and I think you have found the right thing to do with Quinn Ewers at this stage in his career. I do think Quinn Ewers is going to be spectacular eventually. We, me, myself included, uh, probably laid a little bit too heavy expectations on him, especially coming back from injury. Um, but I think the role that he was given on Saturday against Kansas was the right one for him at this stage in his career. He even admitted, you know, I got to do what, if I'm going to be a game manager, if that's what I'm asked to do, then I got to manage the game as best as I possibly can. And I thought he did that well. Uh, He had a lot of good throws. I think he had one bad throw and that's it. Just one bad throw, uh, which you can kind of expect from a true freshman, but that's all to say. You know, this is going to be, or a redshirt freshman, but that, this is going to be another run-oriented game. Uh, the offensive line needs to deliver like they did against Kansas. Uh, Siaki Ika, you're going to see number 62 trying to make life difficult for Jake Majors out there, and that's going to be an important guy to block uh, in most of this, you know, throughout this contest. So uh, if Texas wins those battles against him, probably throw some double teams on him, then uh, it'll be easier for Texas to to win, and I think that's that's what's going to happen this weekend, this Friday. That is Joe Cook inside Texas on three dot com. Check out uh, at Joseph Cook eighty nine on Twitter if you're getting your follows together. Joe, we appreciate it, man. Have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, enjoy the game. Stay dry, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds great, guys. Thank you so much. Good, Thanks, Joe. Good stuff as always. Every Monday with Joe, and it did. He mentioned Texas. It started as a uh, touchdown line. It's gone up to eight and a half. So money coming in on the Longhorns. People believing in Texas. Oh, I don't like that at all. One again. One weather thing I'm looking at is now saying in the 50s and rain. This one is saying like mid 50s and cl- and partly cloudy. We'll keep checking on that throughout the week once we can get a look at some hourly stuff to let you know what you'll be dealing with if you are headed over to DKR. Thanks to Joe for his time. Uh, Coming up, we'll get you the Flex 30 segment. We'll go back-to-back guests. Our man Zach Lucero from the Flex crew was following that Dripping Springs volleyball team. You know Flex has been following volleyball as well as football and all the other sports. Dripping Springs Volleyball One State. Zach will tell you that story coming up and where you can get more interviews. Plus, we got big football games coming up. I need to know from Zach, is that football game I've been looking forward to going to happen? We're just one win away for each team from getting there. We'll hit that in the Flex segment next on The Horn. Wow. All right. This one always makes me happy. Every single time. I'm going to get the artist wrong, possibly. So this is Axel F. from Beverly Hills Cop. Who did this? I mean, somebody had to make it, but... No, I know. Somebody had to make it, and it's It's not... not, I don't have it. So whatever you guess, 
I don't know if you're going to be right or wrong. Oh, uh, okay. Because back in the day, like the Miami Vice stuff and some of those other cool themes, that was like Jan Hammer, I think. But I don't think Jan Hammer did Axel F. So if anybody knows who did Axel F, let us know. So you don't have it in front of you? No. All right. See, I'm going to have to look. Harold Faltermeyer. I'm going to have to look. Harold Faltermeyer. There it is. Thank you, Dave. There it is. Dave leaned in. Yep. I knew I wasn't going to be able to. <laughs> there it is. It is Harold Faltermeyer. Well done. Well done. Harold Faltermeyer with Axel F. Oh, that makes me happy. If you haven't seen the original Beverly Hills Cop, go check it out. I would recommend the sequel. Beverly Hills Cop 2 does not get enough love. Beverly Hills Cop 3, turn and run as far away from it as you can. Zay, Beverly Hills Cop 3 or the Coming to America sequel. Which one's worse? Oh, wow. It's a a battle for me. Yeah. Because they're both terrible. Huh. I mean, if there was like a deleted scene that was too dark for TV where Eddie would have just drowned somebody (laughs) in the water park, then I would say Beverly Hills Cop 3, but Uh I don't think that happened. I'm going to go with Coming to America. You think that one's worse? Yeah, I think it's better. Better. Okay, I I agree with you. I think Beverly Hills Cop 3... Way worse. Beverly Hills Cop 3. One Water of the, Park thing is just... Oh, and one of the reasons it's so terrible is how they treat that song. The way they work the Axel F theme into Beverly Hills Cop 3 is so insulting to the franchise, to Eddie, to everything. Apparently he got forced into making that movie. It's wretched. That is a terrible movie. Don't watch it. One and two are very good, though. All right, so Axel F cranking up on a Monday. Thanks to Joe Cook for his time. We got another guest coming up. Let's get into the Flex segment. We got state champs to talk about. Come on. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. Yes, indeed. State championship for the Dripping Springs volleyball team. And our man Zach Lucero was there and covered it for Flex. If you haven't checked out Flex ATX at FlexATX, FLXATX.com. Uh, and uh, I will tweet out the, the, um, the article that, the, that they put out, including Zach's videos with the coach and the players. But we wanted to talk to Zach about it. Uh, Zach, an incredible run for this Dripping Springs team, and they finished it off big time. Yeah, they did, Chad. I mean, and, and just the, the fashion that they did it. I mean, this team didn't even win the district championship. So an underdog in, in pretty much every match that they were in, the latter half of, uh, of the playoff run. They beat Lake Travis to go to the state tournament. Um, they were underdogs against the Woodlands, beat the Woodlands in the semifinal, and they were an underdog against this Katie Tompkins team that they played in the final, and they swept them. So just kind of a team of destiny, storybook season, hot at the right time uh, type, type of moment for those guys. Yeah, it's a it's an incredible run, and again, uh, you got a chance to interview the coach. I watched your interview with uh, with Michael Kane uh, after the game, and uh, they they sweep Tompkins in the end. So not much drama, I guess, uh, in that in that final. They they pretty much mowed their way through the championship match. I mean, there there was a couple times where the score was a little close. I, I think one of the sets ended up going like twenty six twenty four, but. Um, you know, they always say like it was closer than the scoreboard says. Right. This was the opposite of that. It never really felt like Dripping Springs was not in control of this game. Dripping Springs has two girls, uh, one of them who I'm sure we're going to talk about in just a little bit, Mackenzie Plante, who's a, a, a finalist right now for all-place volleyball list. 
she's a senior committed to Tennessee. She ended up winning MVP of the match. And then the girl that plays opposite her, the other outside hitter, is a freshman, a six foot four freshman named Henley Anderson. And, and Chad, I, I genuinely think she's going to be probably the biggest volleyball recruit that we've had in the Austin area in a really, really long time. Cool. Yeah, Zach, what Dripper Springs did was special. I mean, they've always been a juggernaut powerhouse at the volleyball uh, sport. And, you know, with them moving up to 6A, you would think they would have a fall back. I mean, you just said they didn't win their district. That's pretty remarkable to not win your district, but still have the belief to make a run and end up winning state. You know, in volleyball, is kind of like the, one of those things, they like with basketball, where you whether you're 5A or 6A in, in tournament play, you're playing everybody. So even when Derby Springs was in 5A, they were still regarded as one of the better volleyball teams in the area, kind of pound for pound. So they were playing like Travis's and the Vandergrifts as a 5A team. So when they moved up, everyone kind of knew what they had. They knew they had the pieces. And like you said, you don't win district. You're still kind of in the shadow of the Lake Travis, you could say, in, in that district. And um, but, I mean, you just get hot at the right time. And that's the cool thing about that tournament format that we're seeing now with, with the football as well uh, for the football playoffs is you can just be hot at the right time. And as long as you're in the playoffs and, and you end up getting hot, you have a chance to go all the way. Talking flex with Zach Lucero. He was there when Dripping Springs won state in volleyball. Zach, you mentioned Mackenzie Plante. She's going to Tennessee, if I'm not mistaken. Um, tell us what's so important about her. She ended up as, uh, as tournament MVP, correct? Yeah, she got MVP at, for, for that match. That's voted by the media or however it goes there. Um, but, I mean, she was just dominant. I, she's a girl that, that's been a factor. I mean, we, we've had her. We've interviewed her in the studio. We interviewed her at, at Waterloo in the offseason. Um, just a girl that's really uh, about flex, about her uh, about her team, who's, who plays for the club organization that's run um, by her head coach. So, I mean, she's just all volleyball all the time. I think she's like one of the top 150 players in the nation. Um, and she's like 6'1", 6'2", going to Tennessee. I mean, it's a, it's a big-time player. And, and it really seemed in that match that her and Henley were head and shoulders above anyone else on the court at, at that moment. Yeah, so impressive. The Vols will be glad to have her. Let's talk about Liberty Hill, who came up short against Lake Creek. They had a hell of a season getting all the way to the Final Four. Talk about this Liberty Hill volleyball team a little bit. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you bring them up. Liberty Hill, kind of, kind of the same kind of boat as Dripping Springs. I mean, um, a, a school that, I mean, in that district, it's Rouse. Rouse is the name that everybody talks about for volleyball. And Dripping Springs beat Rouse. Um, in that regional final to get to get to the state tournament, um, kind of a little bit of an upset, and then unfortunately they had swept in the semifinal, but made it all the way to Garland. You can even say that that school is a little bit like maybe a year too early because they have a girl named Gigi Mason that's probably going to be another big time recruit, um, a, a, a right side hitter for them. So really a cool, awesome season for Liberty Hill. And you, and you talk about schools that are maybe playing up. This is a school that was just in 4A not too long ago. They don't have 5A, D1, and D2 in volleyball, so they're just in 5A with the powerhouses like Rouse and, and, and Cedar Park and things like that. So a great season, a great uh, building block for Liberty Hill to probably be in conversation with the Lake Travises, the Rouses, the Dripper Springs as a true volleyball powerhouse 
uh, for the next few years here in Austin. Again, if you want to check out flxatx.com, you can check out the article there. I just retweeted it at chastings1049, of course, at flxatx as well. You can check out Zach's interview with the head coach, with McKenzie as well. You can see the highlight of them advancing in the semifinal round and the moment that they won state. All right, Zach, I got one football question for you before we let you go. Because all my dreams are riding on teams at the Alamo Dome this weekend, Dripping Springs and Vandegrift. What are the chances that Dripping Springs and Vandegrift get it done this week and play each other in the quarterfinals? I mean, I'm pretty sure we're like a game away from Vandegrift, Dripping Springs, Part 3, and Travis Westlake, Part 2. It's it's one of those things you never want to – coaches hate calling it Valley Week or – playing these, these down-south teams. They never want to call it back. You never want to overlook an opponent. But, I mean, if all the teams can get can handle their business, uh, it sounds like you and they are going to be making a road trip to wherever, wherever Jimmy Springs and Vanderbilt play each other. Ooh, I'm excited. I'm excited about it. I hope they That'll get it done. One. Dripping Springs is going to, by the way, if you want to spend a whole day, Alamo Dome 11 a.m. on Friday is the drip game, and then Vandegrift and Harlan will have it for you on 101.9 and AM 1260. Of course, that's a 7.30 kick at the Alamo Dome with Vandegrift and Harlan. That is Zach Lucero. He and Snoop and the crew keep you updated like nobody else when it comes to high school sports. Zach, great coverage on the volleyball as always, and you guys are doing an amazing job in football. Enjoy the next round of the playoffs, man. Thanks for the time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, thank you, guys, as always. Good, good stuff, man. That Dripping Springs team uh, finished it off on the volleyball side and, of course, Austin Novosad and the football team trying to do the same thing. Dripping Springs, a lot of energy out there right now. Congrats to all the teams that have advanced. We got Lake Travis and Vandergriff still alive. Lake Travis and Brennan will play at 6 o'clock on Friday. So we're going to get that flex pregame cranked up about 5 o'clock 5.45 pregame with Mark and uh, Bucky and Stu and the crew. And then 6 o'clock, they are going to kick. They're at Canyon High School down there in New Braunfels, in case you didn't know. And then Alamo Dome for uh, for you Vandegrift fans that are following the Vipers. We do the flex segment every day at about one. 30. Coming up at 2, we'll dig back into the Longhorns and the Cowboys, and if you love both of those teams, why not? It was an incredible weekend for both. We're just trying to figure out how much you take from that, because they both certainly look great. Up next, it's where we at in society. Zay is going to let us know. Hope you're having a good Monday, getting all your Thanksgiving plans together. Take us with you wherever you're going. I love the interlude. The little bass interlude, let everybody rest a second, and then just run back at it. Man. Some super intense stuff. Um, Man, there's a lot of things I could guess. I'm not an expert on this level of metal, but I did see a band with Slayer that day at Coda that kind of sounded like this. I'll say Behemoth. It's kind of what they remind me of. Who is it? Who is it? Cannibal's Corpse. Ah, Cannibal Corpse. Yes. One of the nicest names anyone has <laughs> ever come up with for a band. If you're going to call your band Cannibal Corpse, this is what you need to sound like. Yeah, right? makes sense. I mean, that's, 
This makes sense. You don't need to be doing what Casey Musgraves is doing and then call yourself Cannibal Corpse. Right? It's, just, it's not going to work. Well, they get after it. On yeah. A, on a technical level, I respect that music so much because the idea of getting up on a stage on a tour and doing that night in and night out is crazy to me. It's insane. That like, That's too far. Just officially, that is too far for me. Yeah, it's um, not a coincidence that metal guys don't make it past 50 very often. <laughs> <laughs> to amp yourself up, to put yourself through that yeah. night in, night out. Right. The drugs you got to be taking. Just the, well. Come I, on. Well, to me, sometimes with that, it may be at such a level where, like, if I'm the drummer of that band, I don't know if I can take drugs. I got to be in tip-top shape. I got to be worried about every inch. I mean, I got to be taking care of myself, I would assume, at some point. (laughs) Taking care of yourself? To try to be able to do that every night? As a rock and roller. Not me. I don't know. I, trust me. I understand what you're saying. I think some of them probably, at least hopefully, to be able to do it a long time. Now, if you're going to do it for just one tour and be done, then yeah, probably you're just partying the whole time. Yeah, I'm sure Gene Simmons was eating kale after every performance. Gene Simmons ain't never played that fast a day in his life. A day in his life. Uh, And that's actually a weird example because they're supposedly, Gene had been pretty clean the whole time. What? Yeah, Gene apparently didn't drink like during, I don't know when he stopped drinking. I read part of the biography. I don't know that I finished it, but, uh, or maybe it's just been a while. At some point, he and Paul both just kind of got off of, Alcohol and stuff, and never, never, wasn't a part of it. Good for them. Yeah, they were a weird. They're they're a, they're a strange band in a lot of ways, but uh, a legendary band. They've been going a long time. Maybe that's why they've been going a long time. Uh, and just now, kind of wrapping it up. All right, so Cannibal Corpse joining the lineup. Cannibal Corpse and Axel F in the same show. That is unique. Plus, New Kids on the Block started us, and then we had the Arrows. Zay, as always, bringing all kinds of different music. Before we get to where we at in society, USA. Has scored a goal. How about that? Shout out to my man. Um, shout out to my man Glenn Davis for help on the pronunciation. Timothy Weya is the man who scored the goal. The uh, U.S. team also had a couple of yellow cards in the first 30 minutes or so. But at the 36th minute, Weya gets the goal. It is 1-0 U.S. They are in extra time in the first half. So just about to hit halftime, U.S. up 1-0. We will keep you updated. That's what I'm talking about. It's our year. There you go. That's it. (laughs) All right, let's go where we at in society with Zay. Where are we at in society today? All right, Zay, do I have anything I need to look at on Twitter? Yeah, yeah, check it out. Check those DMs out, man. Here we go. All right, so this is an interesting story. It happened this weekend, NBA game. The Milwaukee Bucks took on the Philadelphia 76ers. The Bucks lose this game, and Giannis Antetokounmpo went 4 for 15 from the free throw line. So... Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of these guys after games, if they have bad games, they'll get some more work in, you know, at the arena, which is kind of like, I mean, guys are kind of setting stuff up and taking stuff down and preparing for what's next. Sometimes there's a concert the next night. Sometimes there's just different events. So these people, they got to be efficient. So I'm kind of hit or miss on guys trying to get work in after games. I mean, if it's that bad, then go to the practice facility that's most likely connected to the arena. Sometimes it's not, so I get it. But in this situation, Giannis was trying to get – he was trying to get the work in. Montrez Harrell, in the video you don't see, but this video is out there. Uh-huh. Montrez Harrell, who plays for the Sixers, he has a routine after the game. 
after every home game, no matter win or lose, he gets his work in. So he saw Giannis and was like, yo, bruh, this is my turn. I don't appreciate you coming out here just because you're a superstar thinking that you could come on our court. I was going to say, this is in Philly. This let's was in let's Philly. make sure we're clear yes, about yes. that. Let's yeah. be very specific. This is in Philadelphia. You trying to come on my court and get these shots up. No, this ain't happening. So Matres, he was kind of hot and told him off. Giannis was like, I don't got time for this. I'm bigger than this. I'm Giannis. You're Matres Harrell. I'm not even going to get to your level. So Giannis leaves. And Matras Harrell stole his ball, by the way. Really petty. Stole the ball? Yeah, stole his ball. Like, took Giannis's ball. So Giannis leaves, comes back with two, and then this gets to the video that you're seeing now, Chad. Uh, Okay. He comes back with two balls. A guy is doing something with the rim, so there's a ladder there. Whether they're adjusting the rim, taking the rim off, taking the net off, I don't know, but they're doing something with the ladder with the rim. Mm -hmm. Giannis already P.O. because he just got his ball taken by Montres Harrell, sees the guy, goes up to him with the ladder, says, I'm trying to get this work in. The guy's like, I don't give a damn. We got a job to yeah, do. Yeah, we're doing something here. Yeah, we got yeah. stuff going on. Like, I'm trying to get out of here. I'm not trying to be here till 2 a.m. Yeah, dude, I got to get the shot clock down or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, give me a break. Giannis goes over there and throws, well, pushes, but the ladder gets thrown in the way. Pushed over. It doesn't look good because he's the face of the NBA. And for the record, this is like a that's probably what a sixteen foot ladder at least. Maybe yeah. maybe twenty. Oh yeah, yeah, maybe twenty. Maybe yeah, 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 yeah. something like that. But yeah. just pushes Tall the ladder. ladder over. Just disregards the man and his job. He has a job to do. Giannis, this isn't your home court. I think Giannis is completely in the wrong all the way around. Yeah, I do too, and I'm a fan of his. Uh, mo- you know, I, we haven't really seen a whole lot from the Greek freak that would sort of lean you this way. But yeah, he has that. That's that's some entitlement that obviously Montrose Harrell was trying to deal with it and was dealing with it his way to say, yeah, this is my floor, and our guys might have some post game stuff to do, but. You are a Milwaukee Buck. I know you're Giannis, but you're a Milwaukee Buck, and the idea that you would be entitled to shoot on the Sixers court after a game, that's crazy. That's just ignorant. Giannis, the way he was trying to justify it was, this is my job. I'm just trying to get better at my job. No, your job's over. Yeah, it's over. Your job is done. Get your ass on the bus. Take that bus. Get your ass on the plane. Go back to Milwaukee and work on your game. That is crazy. That's goofy. That's like if you and I are in another city and we walk into somebody's radio station and go sit in there right after like they're done with the show. No, no, no. We got to get some work in. This is what we do. (laughs) This is our job. Zay and I. It's like, no, man, this is not your place. What are you doing? Yeah. And plus they're an opponent. They're like a rival in a way because it's the Eastern Conference. We might see y'all down the line. Why are we trying to help you? Right. You just went four for 15. We're glad. You went four for 15. We're not going to try to help you at any cost. What's also bogus, Chad, Giannis, his older brother, who also plays for the Bucks package deal, but whatever, that's a different story for a different day. Nah. He's on the squad. He went up because big brother has to protect little brother. He went up to Montrez Harrell and tried to say, hey, what's the problem? Why can't we get this working? And Montrez told him the same thing, but Montrez was a little more heated at the time and said, yo, the Nasus. I'll knock your ass out. Get out of here. Stop trying to stick up for your brother. And wow. you can find those videos 
out there too. So yeah, Giannis isn't wrong. Like you said, I agree, Chad. Entitled is the perfect word for it. Like I know you're the face of the league in a way. My wife thinks you have a sexy accent or whatever. Yeah, cool. But still, this is whack. I don't yeah. care. Man, there ain't no language barrier. You speak English perfectly fine. You get that you have to yeah. get off the court. And if somebody was in Milwaukee and you wanted to kick them off the court, you have every right to. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, to me, if you absolutely had to do it, then there's two people you need to ask some questions of, and one is Montrez Harrell, and two is the guy with the ladder. Talk to Montrez Harrell about it and say, hey, man, we're on a we're on a roadie and we're not going to be back at Milwaukee and I'm not going to be able to shoot till whenever. How much time? And he'd be like, oh, hey, come back in 10 minutes. You're fine. I'll tell him to leave the lights on. Yeah. Or, or give, whatever. Or give me 15 minutes. Look, I'm Giannis. Slip him a hundy. Yeah. What, 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 you know what I'm saying? Some, what, hey, man, give me, let me get 15 minutes. Here's a hundy. Leave me yeah, alone. And, because then at that point, Montrez might go to the ladder guy for you and be like, hey, by the way, Giannis is going to go back and do a little media. He'll be back in about 10 minutes. Can you guys make sure you leave the basket up? You can take whatever da- whatever shot clock down. Can you leave it up? He's, he's going to come do some work in about 10 minutes. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, sure, fine. But you can't go. I mean, for, here's my – this is my parent part of me on my brain. When he goes and inadvertently – I mean, just haphazardly slides that ladder and it starts to fall, dude, there could have been somebody there. Yeah. There could have been somebody on the baseline. There could have been some old lady or old man. There could have been like an old man usher, right? <laughs> old, old like Nick. Yeah, you remember Nick? Oh, yeah, Nick's been with the Sixers <laughs> for, for 40 years. It could have hit Nick right in the head. You're going to knock him down just so you can shoot a free throw? Come on, freak. Yeah, go help him pick it up or something. Can't do it. Because he pushed it first. And then it doesn't They they were like, no, we're not leaving. And then clearly he gets a little upset, goes back, and pushes it over completely just because his jump shots broke from the free throw. It's bad. If I'm the Milwaukee Bucks, I'd lay a little fine on the freak. I'd make him him donate something to a good cause. That's not you, man. You're our face. You're our face. You are that guy. You've won a title for us. That's not how we carry ourselves. It's not what we do. And if that ladder goes and hits a kid, hits an old lady, hits an old man, hits anybody, hits a scorer, hits Montrez Harrell, none of it looks good. You're the face of our team, and you're about to write a check to somebody to prove it. That's what I'd tell him. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah, I don't, don't like it. That's a bad look for uh, for Giannis. So hopefully there's an apology coming at some point from him uh, for that one on the, on the Philly court. On some level, if you're going to do it on somebody else's court, I do like the fact that he thought he could do it in Philly for some reason. Oh, of all the terrible con- place to of, pick. Of all the contentious, weird places, that's where you picked? Yeah, think Philly. About, think about how tough that dude is. Okay. That dude probably got into a fight like a couple of weeks ago yeah. that's – Working on the basketball goals, yeah. like he he was all about fighting Giannis, like he wanted that moment. If you want to see the video, remember Isaiah is at ain't that underscore Zay on Twitter. I retweeted it at C Hastings one zero four nine. That's where you can find us on Twitter at the Horn ATX for the station. All right, there's where we at. We do it at one forty five each and every day. Up next, the two o'clock hour. If you love your Longhorns and you love your Cowboys, at least for a day or so. Let's just let you bask in that crazy 95-17 to 17 combination, shall we? More of that coming up, plus at 2.30. It's Why Today Matters with some really cool birthdays to talk about. Don't move. It's the horn.